This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Ta-da. Morning, boys. Good morning. I was a bit worried by something on the... I like how... Oh, sorry, carry on. I liked how jo- I liked how jolly you got for the email address there. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I was a bit <laughs> thrown by something in the news when um, our newsreader said that Cristiano Ronaldo was making his second debut for Man United. Oh. I'm worried about oh, the grammar yeah. of that. Can you make a second debut? Yes. You can? I, I No, I don't think you can. No. I, I was saying yes, I agree. You're uh, right to be churlish about that. I yes. All I was worried about was that was the grammar because, as you know, Frank, I revealed to you this morning that he has <laughs> been picked for this week's uh, fantasy team, and it's all on it's all mm. on you, Chris. So, Chris, you better deliver. Yeah. Um, I think on your second. Pressure, though. I hope his second debut goes well for your. Um, <laughs> Second debut. It's like, oh, I've lost my virginity again. Oh, dear. What are you talking about? Um, anyway, that's that. Um, it's exciting. Oh, I'm really? excited. And obviously, I, and on one level, I don't care. But on another level, um, well, yeah. Do you remember you did... I thought that was a great idea of yours to just refer to him as Chris. <laughs> and I really hope on his second mm-hmm. debut this takes off. It's a bit more Manchester as well, isn't it? I like it. it. All right, Chris, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I like it. In other news, Al, uh, mm-hmm. we've just received a missive from a lady uh, who's saying that I believe she went to school with you, Frank. Mm. And mm. her Twitter... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Her Twitter bio, Al, reads Adventurous Nana, which is not... (laughs) Oh, my contemporary is now Adventurous Nana. Um, Very much my catchment area, I must say, the Adventurous Nana um, group, but great. I know. Um, what's, she, she's a celebrant. Say, what's her name? I might... She's an independent celebrant, and uh, she says she does a little bit of travelling, a little bit of writing, and a lot of Argentine, ta- Argentine tango. Does she really? Yeah. What's her name? Because the trouble is with... Um, this is why I never had much truck with the Friends Reunited, because in those days, um, women, when they married, they changed their names. I know some oh, still yeah. do, but... Yeah. yeah. Some um, still do. I, yeah. I don't know. She calls herself... Only the traitors to the feminist cause, though, I think. <laughs> she, she calls herself... Um, she calls herself on Twitter Adventures of a Wobbly Penguin. Oh. Wow. As well as Adventurous Nana. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what her name is. Okay. She's anonymous. And Obviously, there were many girls at school who I was crazy about, you know. Um, yeah. Sadly, a lot of them are no longer with us. <laughs> But their memory memory lives on um, in so many ways. So uh, um, it's been um, I've been on the road again uh, this week. I was back at the I was back at the um, the Mercure 
in Bridgewater. How was it? Well, I had a nicer room this time. Um, New readers, I was there last week in Bridgewater. I'm filming at the moment. But, um, yes, I was slightly upgraded to a nicer room. But there was something about the room which unsettled me, which I shall tell you after this. I So I was staying at the Mercure in Bridgewater, room 126, which is one of the nicer rooms, called... If you get a nicer room in a hotel, it has a name oh, as well as a number. Yes. So it was called oh, yeah. Cornhill. Oh, I like this. It seemed to fit my comedy that I might live on Cornhill. <laughs> um, is by that the way, right, Frank? In, so I was just going to say, in the, the Hotel of Wine, which we often speak oh, of... Oh, yeah, Hotel de Vin. They often go for that, don't they? The higher up you mm. get, the more you get the Santa Million. But it's the... but that's a, they've they're all named after wines, oh, and they, okay. and and the customers aren't told the numbers. I think only the cleaners know the numbers. So you walk around saying it's something like um, Bajuda. Is it a B? It's got a B in it. I don't know if it's on this floor. It's got a B in it. It's like that. Um, anyway, so. Um, it says Cornhill outside my room, and then it says to designate the, the nicer room. Can you believe this? This is on the wall next to my door. Privilege. <laughs> and I thought, why don't you make everyone in the hotel hate me? I'm going to get, like, angry villagers out, gathered outside my door. I do hope you scroll straight white male above it. Oh, just, yeah, just to really... Really get it, but um, oh, please don't don't bring that up. <laughs> you know, I mean, Cornhill says it really. That'd be a good. Uh, I like it when people give their house a name as well. In um, uh, I used to many many years ago. I went out with a woman uh, from Essex, mm. and there was a house. Um, she lives in the posh bit, and there was a there was a house called. Arjaba and I thought Arjaba might be some sort of Mediterranean island and it was a pun on Arijaba because Harwich Harbour was quite near and that's what the locals called it quite clever I thought I liked uh, my late uh, godmother, Lindsay DePaul, called her oh. house. Um, <laughs> uh, pause. <laughs> pause for reaction and carry on. She called her house. Uh, Moot Grange, which was an anagram of no mortgage. Very, very good. Well done, Lindsay DePaul. Good work. Just a wallflower. (laughs) That was her, wasn't it? Won't somebody dance with me? With no no mortgage. Oh, what a queen of the beauty Four six seven has uh, let us know that. Um, good morning, Frank and team. Cornhill is a section of Bridgewater. Oh, thank Lee you, Taunton. Thanks. I felt I, that important. I once went to a a, a um, theatre. I think it might have been the Wimbledon Theatre. I'm not sure. And the the man said, "Oh, um, uh, great news! We put you in the Anushka Hempel room." <laughs> 
And as far as I could tell, there was a bit of pink satin around the, the sink to cover the pipes. That was it. That was everything. That was what distinguished it from any other room. What's, if anyone's got a favourite room dedication oh, like or, um, or house name, yes. I'd love, love to hear it on 8, 12, 15. You see, that was, seen, that, that was a proper radio presenting, of which there is so little on this show. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Oh yes, at, at the uh, I'm still at the Mercure in Bridgewater. I, my look this week in Bridgewater because it's been hot has been boots and shorts. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. oh extraordinary! Like a landscaper. <laughs> I'd say more like um, an old boy scout out. I would describe my look. Uh, uh, me being a man in my 60s, I'd describe my look as tank girl. That's that's what I've gone oh, for. Right. Yeah, not not many men of my age go for that, but, I, you know, I think if you can carry it off. But then I had to drive somewhere, and I'm loath to drive in my big, chunky tank girl boots, so <laughs> I put on um, my brown slip-ons. Now I move into an area which I find unsettling. There is a certain kind of man, and there'll be some listening, and I love you in many ways, and I don't judge, for as ye judge, so shall ye be judged. Mm -hmm. But they wear a short, often a tailored short, but a short with just a slip-on shoe, no socks. Uh, Yeah, a loafer. Yeah, a loafer. (laughs) I'm going to call it, I think one could go as far as to say a moccasin. Yes. But anyway... That is a look I don't care for, and we're all different. Uh-huh. <laughs> Would you wear that, Al? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, I have to walk. I, w- I was distressed that I was walking from the driving seat to the boot in, in that outfit. That mm. Even that journey, made me, I thought if someone sees me in shorts and brown slip-ons, I shall never get over it. But I got to the, the boot, ironically, yeah. where my boots mm-hmm. were, and uh, and it was all fine. And then that evening, I went to the uh, the restaurant at the Mercure in Bridgewater, the Marco Pierre White. Oh, oh fancy. Lots of uh, black and white pictures of Marco on the wall, looking haunted, <laughs> carrying oh, a machete. Yeah. And um, Mark Peter White. Is that yes? Um, in his stripy, stripy apron, um, but um, stripe stri- man on a, a sort of a darker mission, but happens to be wearing a stripy apron. Yeah. There's some pictures of him sort of having a bit of roughhousing with Gordon Ramsay. Like two, you know, the two big scary stags going at each other in the kitchen. I still managed to swallow my food despite this. (laughs) And then a man came in who was wearing shorts and slip-ons, but stick around. The front strap, I don't know what the technical term is, but the strap that goes across the top of the foot was bejeweled. It was actually, I mean, not, I don't suppose they were real jewels. I think he'd probably gone uh, diamante. Diamante. But, so he, he'd, he'd taken it and he'd absolutely run with it. He'd taken a bad look and, and he had um, gilded the already quite unsavoury lily. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? 
It was, that walk from the driving seat to the boot, it weren't so bad. I thought, he made me feel better about the whole thing. But I stared at him all night. And now we're going to open a small antique <laughs> shop in Brighton. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've had some misses from our dedicated uh, readers. Okay. With regards to house names. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I might start with Tom Quinn, who has told us that round the corner from me is a bungalow called New Bungalow, a name I feel is not only unimaginative, but will also date very quickly. I, I kind of <laughs> like it. What about like... Zealand? They have stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, um, fair play. I like that. Do you like it? Because uh, what should we call the new bungalow? And one of them has had that moment of clarity that you sometimes get in comic thinking when you cut through all the sort of normal routes yes. and think, let's stay here with that thing you just said, new bungalow. Well, in fact, not far from me is a house with... Um, it's a lovely, one of those quite expensive engraved stone signs which says to be or not to be. Oh, oh and is it is it to be? It is to be. Oh, OK, that's <laughs> confusing for the uh, postman. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to wrestle with that existential question every morning. And where I, near where I used to live... Um, was um, on the in the river and uh, sort of going towards Chelsea. There was a house where there were two cars parked, and the number plates on one was two B, and the other one was um, not two B. Oh, I like oh, that. And good, sometimes, it? very rarely, they were parked in the wrong order, and it really annoyed yeah. me. <laughs> I can see that. We also have Martin Waring has got in touch, boys, and he says the flat we currently live in has a nameplate on the door saying Filth Bear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that is one of the best house names. You don't actually, do you get flat names? I've, I've, I've never seen yeah. a flat name. Filth. <laughs> But Phil's bear, I, I hope it's, it's not a terrible character vibe, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds, yes, it sounds a bit like something that they watch in The Simpsons or something. Is, it, <laughs> is it Bear Grills after dinner speaking <laughs> persona? Yeah, Bear's gone blue. Phil's bear. <laughs> um, um, some of the texts about house names reveal sort of another world oh. of, uh, of turmoil, actually, that I didn't expect. Uh, 149, long-time reader, first-time writer, recreative house names. My father intended to call a barn conversion he was building Nothers, which sounded like it fit in with other local names. He was acrimoniously separated from my mother, who owned said barn, whilst he owned the house she continued to live in. Hence... Not hers. Oh! <laughs> and, then, and then, in brackets, this arrangement continues 30 years later and is now my job to sort out. <laughs> oh! But yeah. That, see, the fact that that house sign has such a story around it. It's a lot it. under the surface, isn't You know it? those sort of those things that they do when you have to like write a novel in less than ten words? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Got, it's got that there. That is a novel. Yeah. A bear, uh, a bear filth might be, but... Uh, is it filth? No, filth bear? No, sorry, filth. No, I was thinking about its, <laughs> its listing in yellow pages. What? It's bear, comma, filth. I'm just worried, Frank. 
like filth there. I just, all I hope and pray is that Bungle hasn't fallen on hard times. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, the it's filth bear bunch. <laughs> <laughs> At the Wonderland lap dancing club. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. I went. I was in Peterborough this week doing a gig. Mm. Very nice mm. Sunday night, and then my management company got a call from a, a lady who works at Peterborough Cathedral. You'll know that I've a part of my um, touring um, extras is going mm. to um, large religious buildings <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that's great so we got um, I was with my uh, tour manager Omar Lovely. and uh, we we arrived in Peterborough early so that we could do our tour and we had to meet this woman so we waited outside she showed up she hugged me oh. now, I've been hugged by a non-family member for nearly two that? years well it was done and I, it mm. had happened um, I just hoped for the best <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, um, so I said, okay, let's do it. And we walked towards the cathedral. And I said, how old is the cathedral? And she said, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought, that's a bit, a bit odd for someone who works there. It's often be a free tour. What's the nature of the tour? If uh, that's, I wouldn't say that was one of the more probing... I was going to say, I'd consider well, that no, a fairly entry level. Exactly. So um, she said also it's it's uh, shot. And oh. I said, well, and I thought, well, that's great because, you know, we'll get like just the solo tour thing. And she yeah. said, look, I'll be straight with you. I don't, I don't, I've got nothing to do with the cathedral. I'm just a massive fan of yours. What? I thought it'd be nice to hang out. Oh, no, how? Wow. So, um... <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do that, at least read up on the Wikipedia page to well. know how old it is at first. So, how are you, also, how is Frank feeling, Alan, at this point? Um, <laughs> I think it's one of those moments when you you wish you carried, as a matter of course, a flare gun. Not right. to just to fire into the air as a sort of a here I am, and uh, so I was a little thrown by, it. and then she said. Um, Oh, I know you really like a prank. You're always going on the show, but are you like a prank? I thought you'd really go for it. And I said, uh, you know, when they say you are hoisted by your own petar, um, I, I, I was sort of worried that she might have a petar with her. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's right to use petar as a punchline on uh, a commercial radio breakfast show, well, but a petar is a bomb to be hoisted by your own petar obviously yeah. to be blown up. So, you know, you do t kind of think the worst when somebody... Um, I, it didn't really feel like a prank. It felt more like Kathy Bates in misery at this point. It felt yeah. like things could have got a little filth bare. But, stick around, she... <laughs> Then said how much she loved the show, and you too. She absolutely loved you too. I love that woman. She got gifts for you, which I shall distribute soon. Um, she gave my tour manager, she gave him uh, a box of biscuits, and he said, no, I'm not going to engage with you. <laughs> 
Because if you look at it from his point of view, although he was nothing to do with the the actual setting up of the thing, he's my man. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, and now, like my uh, my barriers have been broken. He was not he was not happy, Elmer. I've never seen him like that before. Oh. And he said, "I don't I don't want the biscuits." He said, "I don't know what you've done to them." So that then, then then we'd put the uh, that was the cat out the bag. Oh. So I, um, she gave me a tin of onion, uh, French onion soup, and um, with mercury. That was written in brackets on the front in biro. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, I couldn't see any way that it could have been uh, damaged. Did, uh, did Omar thaw at all? No, a little, yeah. But he was. He could see why he was upset. He felt he'd let me down, which I didn't yeah. feel at all. I did consider dashing into the cathedral right up to the bell tower and shouting, Sanctuary! <laughs> Sanctuary! But um, I didn't do that. So I thought the best way is that we, we sat and um, we just talked a bit. Sat outside, lots of people around, it was daylight. And I think, I think in the end, I think it was it was a sort of a prank that went a bit wrong, mm. but it was a slightly unsettling, disturbing, probably shouldn't talk about it on the radio sort of a prank. <laughs> oh well. Um, there was a point where she said, I said, she went on and on about Emily. Sorry, Alan, but she went on about how great Emily was. And I said, uh, you'd rather be sitting here with Emily, wouldn't you? She said, I would, really. <laughs> so I gave her your address, Em, if that's all. <laughs> anyway, just to close this off, so I did the gig. Just before the gig, me and Omar sat in the dressing room having a cup of tea. And um, he yeah. said, you know, I really feel bad. I said, please don't. It's f nothing happened. It was fine. I signed the, yeah. signed the book. We had a photo took. It was, you haven't done anything wrong. He said, well, thanks for that. And he just stared into his cup of tea. He said, I tell you what, I wish I'd had them biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text us on 81215, many have, and we're about to hear from them. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Likewise, email the show via the Absolute Radio website. There are various portals through which you can enter our world. <laughs> I am going to select the Omar portal. Oh, Omar, in case you are new to the show, is my tour manager. And Glenn has tweeted us to say, I hope your tour manager's expenses slash fees are referred to as the Omar Tariff or Tariff. <laughs> Very oh, that's good. They so will be from now on. <laughs> Omar sent his Tariff good. in again. And did, we get, did we get her name? It was Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Mm. Well, it could be a girl. Mm. Glenn Close. Absolutely. Yes. yes. We'll say we'll call that um, Glenn's Law from now on. Mm. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Love that. Mm. Um, you, we were also discussing a moment ago uh, that you used to live near two cars, one with the uh, 2B and another one with not 2B license yes. plates. Is that right? That's correct. Um, 725 has texted. That is correct. I feel like I'm being questioned by the police. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. No uh, comment. On Frank's, <laughs> on Frank's 2B number plate annoyance, you said that you were annoyed when they weren't in the correct order. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Japan for a while where there are two Honda car models, Honda That's and Honda Life. 
in five years, I never saw them in the correct that's life order. Saw <laughs> <laughs> so life that's six times. Oh, that is how frustrating. Oh, I like yeah. the fact they remember that it was six times that they saw the wrong version. Yes, I like that. Oh, people who keep a journal. Yeah, exactly. 512 has got in touch. When I move in with my new boyfriend after his divorce is finalised, our house will become Disgraceland, they're calling it. <laughs> there was uh, another one that there's a sort of a, a, a play in, in just a short text. <laughs> it, there was a, 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 a Mexican Elvis, um, I remember, um, Mexican Elvis impersonator who lived in Mexico and his house was Gracias Land. <laughs> so I was really liked. We've also had uh, Nasha, who's one of our regular correspondents. Oh, Nasha, the, um, the Dennis the Menace associate. Yeah. And <laughs> first time I've ever got to heard him referred to as an associate. Colleague next. <laughs> I wanted to speak to your colleague, Dennis, actually, Nasha. Nasha, you may recall, boys, he spells his name with the... Uh, with a G. The number plate formation. So he's N4... Oh, yes. Um, H-E-R. Oh, OK. Morning, folks. I remember on the Channel 4 soap Brookside, a couple had a portmanteau of their Christian names as the name of their house. It was called, do you remember, Frank? I don't. Casa Bevron. Class, cheers. Do you remember? Bev and Ron Dixon and his partner Bev. Oh. It was Casa Bev Bevron. Okay. Okay. I always thought, remember Shay Given, the Irish goalkeeper, if only he'd owned yeah. a French restaurant. <laughs> it could have been called Shay Given. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's stick to house names, or pretty soon we'll be getting misheard lyrics and, uh, and all that. And then we'll, you know, we're not capital. <laughs> anyway, no, so um, we. now I've said it. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. By the way, can I say. <laughs> I had a note from... Uh, I th- well, it, the, the you understand these things more than me. As far as I can tell from the sort of mail address, he's called Jed Hob. But the Hob could be... There could be more of that, couldn't there? He shortened it for the purposes of, a, oh, okay. of an avatar oh, thing. Oh, OK, OK. Am I right? I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I just don't know. Mm. Anyway, he um, sent me a bunch of old... Um, New Yorker magazines. Oh, that's You remember, I I saw some in the street offered offered for free outside a house and was too self-conscious to pick them up. Yeah. Including, he said, I've I've included an old comic in it. I thought, what what are you trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually an edition of The Magnet, which is a very old comic. Well you, uh, to, well, you must have been delighted. Yeah, I was drawn to that. Yeah, very attractive cover. <laughs> <laughs> and relax. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Where um, were we? Uh, well, an area that we don't often cover on this show that I would like us to is... Um, People being cleared after a miscarriage of justice. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is always good, it up, isn't it? And I, and I bring your attention to a gentleman in Scotland who uh, is named Stephen Smith, who was sacked from his job for complaining in the work canteen when he paid £1.99 for a portion of chicken nuggets and was only given three. And he complained, he got a bit red in the face. Um, The person who had sold him said chicken nuggets then said, well, you can buy three more for 99 pence. 
he complained a bit more, said something sarcastic, like, if I wanted a Happy Meal, I'd have gone to McDonald's. Yeah. And, uh, and he was sacked. A miscarriage of justice, I think. Well, can I... And then, can I speak as a sort of a tribunal member on this? <laughs> yeah, yes, I How would do like you to interpret hear. the phrase, if I wanted a Happy Meal, I would have gone to McDonald's? Uh, because a Happy Meal mm. is, I, I think, it's one of the few genuine bargains one regularly gets <laughs> in the modern world. You get, uh, you know, you get your food, a drink, and sometimes you get the uh, book or yeah. toy option yeah so it's an odd example to use of something that um isn't a good um, yes. a good deal yes. would you agree al oh right yeah i see i didn't actually um i didn't think about his happy meal comment very much i'm more focused on the fact that he'd been given five thousand pounds <laughs> after his unfair dismissal. Yeah, well, well that's that... Dissatisfied Stephen Smith, comma, 30. <laughs> well, what I liked about... Um, Steve, let's call him Steve. Yeah. Steve's... Um... Steve-o? Steve-o Steve-o too over-familiar. Steve, do you know what I quite like, Steve? Let's go, Steve. Yeah, so Steve um, said, um, and, and I quote from his uh, statement here, that when he um, received only three chicken nuggets for one ninety nine, <laughs> that he, he was left shocked and disillusioned. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I agree. I think it, it, it does sound um, <laughs> like he got uh, short shrift. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I'm not surely shocked and disillusioned. Shocked? I don't know. And also, is, to be disillusioned, is that a bad thing? That means that he, he was harbouring some sort of uh, illusion which this woman has relieved him of. Um, In his defence, he does claim that other customers were getting four or even five chicken yeah, nuggets he in does there. say that. Yeah. Nevertheless... It sounds like he was being victimised to me. Nevertheless, she robbed him of his illusion, according to him. <laughs> and so he got, instead of a book or toy, he, was, he actually got chicken nuggets plus the truth. <laughs> How many of us can say that? He, what he didn't order was a bite of the reality sandwich. No. If he wanted that, he'd have asked for it. <laughs> I agree with Al that the crux of this is that others got four or five. Oh, yeah. If you got three, you, you could just think, what a cheapskate place, I won't be using the works canteen again. But yeah. to be confronted <laughs> with other people, I mean that, there's no need for that at all. Well, he stormed out... Um, Can I say, when he saw <laughs> other people with four or five, he said he felt the canteen were, and I quote again, conducting a vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> a vendetta against Steve, which is not that um, small ice cream thing. It's, uh, no, but I mean, he's, I, I like the sound of him. He's, he's a man of high drama. It's very Godfather, I know what you did, Fredo. I mean... Come on, mate, Steve. Um, no, look, but I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm with Steve on the. I get three, <laughs> they get five. That, that there is of no justification, no justification for that. <laughs> Should we go back to Steve, dissatisfied Steve, comma, Let's 30. call him aggrieved Steve. <laughs> aggrieved Steve. Steve, Steve Aggrievovich. Uh, very good. <laughs> I do like that a lot. Yeah. We've had... I mean, In case I... you didn't know, Steve Aggrievovich was a 
footballer. I think was he mm-hmm. goalkeeper for Coventry City. Really? Oh, lovely work! I think so. You see, together we are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I would like to also. I mean, lest we forget the dinner lady in question. I don't think she'd call herself that. I think she's a canteen <laughs> operative. <laughs> I do apologise yeah. to the canteen uh, I would suggest that she might be a stingy and vindictive canteen operative. Oh, you oh, can't. Oh. Say, well, we don't know the circumstances. Well, right, she gave him fewer fewer chicken nuggets than, uh, than the person that got four or five. Yeah, That's but it could have been an oversight. Listen, <coughs> the yeah. canteen operative... Uh, lovely correcty only there, Frank. Thank you for that. <laughs> the canteen operative stated that when he when Steve said to her if I wanted uh, what did he say he made the remark if I wanted a happy meal I'd have gone to McDonald's which is perfectly reasonable logic but why bring it up well the canteen (laughs) operative said her stomach was churning yes afterwards and it was suggested that he was um, somewhat aggressive she does get free nuggets though (laughs) I, I did wonder, looking at the photo, if the stomach was churning because of the nuggets rather than the... You want to lay off the canteen food. Um, her stomach was churning, mm. and that is why, we should say, Steve was, unfortunately, uh, he was no longer with the company. No. As I believe the euphemism goes. Well, she said a very... I'm going to quote um, the canteen operative now. I've quoted the <laughs> grieve Steve. I don't see it. Steve aggrieve... Sorry, Steve, Steve aggrieve yeah. um, Not easy, but we'll stick with it. Yeah. It's worth it. Um, this is what she said. She said, I knew he was angry because his attitude, his tone and his language changed. Apparently, he spoke Serbo-Croat for 10 minutes. <laughs> And then, and this also helpful, um, um, he uh, he, had, he became louder than he had previously been. I think this is a very comprehensive checklist for anger recognition. Mm. Yeah. And because sometimes you think, is this person angry or are they not? Mm. Just go through those. Change your tone. Volume, it's all there. Um, I think we we have to allow for the fact this woman, even if Steve was aggrieved, was it? <laughs> she may have been uh, intimidated if he if he you know if he was disgruntled in high volume. I feel a bit for the the operative as well. What, no, I don't. You, I don't. You, I you Alice, Alice picked his side and he's sticking with it. Fair play to him. I just think if she can't stand the heat, she should stay out of the kitchen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brilliant. Do you know, I love it. Apparently, he, Steve also said to her, is that it? Yeah, well, that's fair enough. You, I think that, that, would, that would be a phrase that sprang to mind when you look. You see, I imagine that it would look like a, a, a short three stanza poem. These three chicken nuggets in this big white cardboard <laughs> surrounding. <laughs> and it's not what he was after at all. He wanted no. um, a page of prose. You see, why didn't he just rely, Steve, on good old-fashioned British passive aggression? I, you know how I would have dealt with that? I think he oh, did. sorry. No, no, he skipped the passive part <laughs> out, I think. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, what would you have said? Well I, tell exa- well, I think we should go through how we all would have dealt with that. I'll start, and then I'd like to hear you two. I would have said, oh, sorry, uh, I think maybe you've forgotten a few here. It's looking a little bit smaller. <laughs> bit of a problem. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. What would you have done? I think I would have said um, I demand a recount. 
Uh, otherwise, I would have felt like some Al Gore character when I saw the others going off with their... What about you, Al? I suppose you'd have just hit... <laughs> no, no, it's a female. You wouldn't have done that. I don't really hit males either. Oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> well, how would you have handled it? I think I would have brought up the fact that uh, three nuggets for one ninety nine is sixty six point three three pence recurring, oh, yeah. um, and you know if it was four, it's forty nine point seven five per nugget. Um, <laughs> and I've done the maths. If, if I'd got five, it's actually thirty nine point. I can hear the churn. I can hear the churning. <laughs> yeah. I can hear the mathematics induced churning. It's no. just not fair. It's time churning. It's overpriced at that, isn't it? No, no. I, I mean, I think... six pence per nugget. Come on. We all feel that Steve had reasonable Agrisovich. Um, and it was the authors and they're... Those authors and they have four or five nuggets. I've come to despise them. <laughs> I think um, when we were discussing this, uh, uh, what was it, the um, catering operative? I've oh, yes. forgotten the <laughs> phrase that you used. I think um, that was it. Yeah, canteen operative, yeah. The canteen operative. I think, to a certain extent, she may have poured some fuel on the flames of uh, Steve Smith's anger. Steve Zagrisovich. <laughs> yeah, because when he said um, three chicken nuggets for one ninety nine, that doesn't seem very good value or something... She said, well, you can buy three more for 99 pence, which, um, mm. I mean, obviously we're all thinking that's 33.3 .3 recurring. <laughs> of course. Price per nugget. Well, what was Al's nickname for mathematics? Al-Addin. Al-Addin. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Oh. Yeah, Al-Addin. He also Still gets good. called... Uh, there's, it's funny because there's uh, some people call it, like to call him muscles... Yeah, and then yeah. Some... but I'm just being I mean, in this mathematical yeah, because there was a time when Al uh, Al goes numeral. Yeah, well, some of what people call me at, at gigs is is not broadcastable. No, well, that's, <laughs> I'm sure that isn't true. But um, <laughs> we'll stick with this. I'll bet none of them realised that they were actually taking part in a maths problem for future BTSE <laughs> papers. I hope it appears on one of those programmes for kids. It. Bite, yeah. bite size, uh, bite size, <laughs> yeah. obviously, be slightly inappropriate. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, th also, the tribunal, oh, and I don't want to name names, but one of the members of oh. the tribunal <laughs> said um, that the Happy Meal, a bit like me, they were they were floored by the ambiguity of the Happy Meal. They said the Happy Meal comment uh, for some could be seen as positive. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go back to the Happy Meal comment. <laughs> if I wanted a Happy Meal, I would have gone to McDonald's. Mm. Um, I don't think it's especially negative. It's it's I would call it a non sequitur. But um, <laughs> I, how could it be seen as positive? It's, I don't know where the tribunal are coming from with that. <laughs> if I wanted a Happy Meal, mm. nothing positive. Yeah, for me, I would have gone to McDonald's. It's all if. Yes. He's living in a world of what if, Grzegorzewicz, at this stage. <laughs> um, there's nothing... Po it can't be seen as positive. I think the tribunal slipped up in that element, is what I'm saying. <laughs> he did say as well, Steve Grzegorzewicz, <clears throat> that he has a medical condition which forces his face to go red. Oh, well, that's different. To explain away why... He would have come across as particularly heated. Yes. Um, I think that's okay. I remember uh, Darth Maul 
um, mm-hmm. was in front of an industrial, industrial <laughs> tribunal and um, explained how, uh, how that had happened. Look, it happens. Some people <laughs> don't, don't singing, sweat either. The singing you know, detective <laughs> has got a touch of the I don't sweat. He doesn't sweat, maybe. You know, we've all got our thing. A singing detective excuses. was uh, busted down to a constable um, on, on a similar misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> A missive from Ian Stewart Dootson, who's one of our regulars. Okay. This is to mm-hmm. uh, Frank on the radio, Divine Miss M, and Al Adin. Yeah. And what I like is he's done A double D I N and then a little apostrophe. Oh, nice. The Happy Meal comment was not, in my view, a positive <coughs> analogy. A grieved Steve's attitude seems to have been entirely negative throughout. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Calculating the cost of a supplementary serving probably gave the CEO, canteen operative, recurring nightmares. Oh, man, he's absolutely gone to town. Thank you, ISD. I am sort of a pond-based gloss on the whole... (laughs) Story. Yeah. Pond gloss. <laughs> was that a football manager? Anyway, um, I was. I stopped as at a motor. Figure. I um. <laughs> I stopped at a. Uh, is he? Is he from? Um, I tell you what he's from. He's from, from Candide. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I stopped at um at motorway services at Dukesbury. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. And um, did you? Yes, this week. So did I. What if we'd bumped into oh, each other? Oh. Nothing more exciting than unexpectedly <laughs> meeting a friend. Um, anyway, uh, there was they. Did you? You didn't. You didn't um, dine at the Leon, did you? I don't dine. <laughs> okay. I stop. I'm in and you don't out. Don't dine. No, I might pop in and buy, you know, a, a, um, a sausage or such like. But yeah. I, I would not um, sit in and dine. I, oh, well, don't, I, I don't like to sound like the uh, sort of road comic amongst us, but um, <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> the Gloucester services are fantastic. The independent oh, sort of farmhouse one is there. Bit well a little bit tea yeah, bay. Very, it's like a tea bay of the... Um, T-Bay of the South. Of the country. Yes, well, exactly. How, how are we finding... Um, how are we finding... I forgot the word for South. <laughs> finding... you, you've been up there too long, Al. It's your yeah. trouble. South Mims. South Mims. Mm. I prefer North Mims. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So go on then. So they had. I went to the Leon and uh, I got myself a nice. Actually, a sweet potato, coconut, and pineapple curry. Do you sit in the oh. canteen seating area? Oh yeah, but I also added some um, GFS, and they were called GFS. There's a mm-hmm. big sign that said GFS, and then the price. Can't remember what it was. And I said, uh, what's GFS? And the woman said, uh, gluten-free chicken nuggets. Oh. And I sat down, at them. It was late. We'd driven a long way. I was tired. I got back in the car and I thought, why GFS then? Why, no, why not GFNG? Uh, a CG, rather, if they're gluten-free. And I thought, is it like gluten-free stuff? <laughs> or snacks, I presume. Or have they just, have they just got rid of the chicken snacks. part? Is it is it just gluten freeze? The gluten freeze? No, it was it was a real. They made a big thing that it's called a GFS. Like they were trying to encourage us to use that. 
Oh, well, don't I call mean, it the gluten freeze like they're a band. <laughs> I mean, I came up with some other options in the car, but not for breakfast radio. I thought they were quite, they were nice actually. But if anyone knows what a Leon GFS is, give us a shout. <laughs> Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email the show via the Absolute Radio website. I should say before we enter um, uh, uh, one of our um, maniacal meandering <laughs> chats oh, yeah. that um, it is the birthday today of Sarah Bishop, who, who is our producer on the show. She ain't with us. <laughs> so um, we've brought the presents in and we've decided to distribute them to the poor. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I feel it's what she... Sarah, I know it's what you would have wanted. You're such a generous mm-hmm. soul. Yeah, so yeah. when you when you see um, someone on the street in a pink Las Vegas sweatshirt, <laughs> you'll know <laughs> where they got it from. Um, so, yes, happy birthday to Sarah. I should say at this... Happy and birthday. this is tempting fate because we have an hour to go, but yeah. during Sarah's lengthy absence... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Two Saturdays. Yeah. Two Saturdays, first in about five years. Faye, <laughs> the assistant producer, has uh, stepped forward and... Stepped up to the plate. With the, with, with, obviously, the show's not over yet, but thus far has done a fantastic job. So well done, Faye. I as well. stress now that you've tempted that fit. I know, I've tempted <laughs> Faye. Um, Sarah uh, actually texted us as well because she had a run-in, didn't she? Oh, yes, she had... uh, um, Our our producer's um, boyf, who's called Matt, he of the lustrous whiskers... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, was out and, and uh, this was uh, this was the thing you know when people say something in conversation and you think like for example my my godmother Stephanie de Sykes um, no Paul, Lindsay DePaul Lindsay DePaul <laughs> sorry I'm sorry everyone Jack DeMarnio um, my uh, yeah Very easy Fer- mistakes, Fernandan de Magellan <laughs> um, she said oh yeah uh, Matt was um, was uh, operating his drone yeah. when we was on holiday and I thought well this is the holiday snaps gone out, <laughs> out of control <laughs> so Matt um, travelled with his own drone and was then told I don't know but a man was it a man it's always it's usually a man a man said sorry can you not fly that because we're filming um, do, Mission do, Impossible do, 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 7 do. Do, do, oh, do. wow. So, um, TC in the house, <gasps> it's a case of that. When I got that text, just seeing... Close Tom friends Cruises. get to call him TC. Oh, mm-hmm. I wish I was a close friend. Yes, well... Just oh, seeing the name on the... How you love TC? Oh, don't. I wish, imagine... I just... All I want to do is meet him. Can't you arrange that, Frank? Sarah's got closer than you. I've never met um, Tom. Hold on. He might have walked past me, but... Um, oh. Uh, if anyone's listening, no. I'd like to meet Tom Cruise. Because he's so tiny. Sh- someone will sort that out, I'm sure. He's all over the place at the moment. He's all over Britain like a rash. In my dream. Mm-hmm. With his mission impos- mission impossible. And, uh, and I'll have the same again, curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, he would have loved to eat out to help out if he'd been here then, wouldn't he? If, he, if he'd have got three chicken nuggets for one ninety nine. Oh, I like imagine? the way Al Frank referred to his mission in like, you and your impossible missions at it again. 
Um, I want to ask you a question about how oh, it's, it's that. It, as soon as you, I have a thought, um, the music. I wish the music wouldn't interrupt so much on music yeah. radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll, I'll ask you in in a minute. You, I mean, if if you two don't know the answer, I know. I know the readers will help me out. Frank, I have something for you, 095. Could GFS... Mm. Remember you were asking about when you'd stopped at the service station... By the way, I think there was a typo on our tweet and, and it said, um, what does GFC stand for in gluten-free chicken? Yeah. And oh, I think some people... Um, Thought it was G- Gemma Friendly Collins or something like that. Yeah. It's not. It was, should have been GFS. We've amended it. These things happen. Could GFS be gluten-free substitute? Oh. The substitute. Yes. I, I think that sounds good to me. You're zero right. nine Batter five. on the bench, shall we say, the gluten-free substitute. Yeah. Okay. It could be. I thought there might be a representative of Leon. <laughs> get in <laughs> touch. So yeah. <laughs> well, I did feel like I was dining out of the sort of, uh, you know, the fancier aspects. Owned of the, by the son of? I don't know. David Dimbleby. Is that right? Shut up. Henry. Lo- lo- nice lovely, lovely knowledge. Henry. That as we, is, as we say in very the good knowledge, children of TV people world, lovely, lovely Henry. <laughs> 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 Henry Dimbleby. Yeah, charming man. Wow. There charming man. <laughs> this charming man. Um, I thought you'd enjoy that, that I'm, fact. I'm, 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 I'm on my heels. I'm aghast. <laughs> He's I'm not actually because we don't have guests on the show anymore. Oh. <laughs> um, Why don't we have guests? Uh, we, we have didn't some. Like them. We have we have a very very select few. We like some guests, mm-hmm. and also I think it's a it's a tough gig for a guest. Why? Well, that's quite a standard we set. Because we're so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, <laughs> what, have we had any? Uh, we know, had... What does GFS <laughs> in gluten-free chicken stand for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great Frank Skinner, as it turns out. <laughs> um, so, um, oh, we've got outside world. Clive Silas says global fishing system tells you where all the fish and chip shops are. Well, that sounds uh, good. Oh, okay, that's a bit silly, it, Billy. It's, it, it, it's nothing to do with uh, no. chicken nuggets. No. Come on, Clive. <laughs> Come on, mate. And we have had from uh, Punitive, oh, mm. might be a nice friend for you, Frank, um, has suggested <laughs> glorious Frank Skinner. Oh, we oh. did great minds, great finds. Slightly arrogant minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I was saying it, of course, with, with a oh, no, darling. Some irony. Yes, and I'd we... say twenty-eight percent. <laughs> okay, um, we've also had uh, six six eight. My flat has a name. Lives next door to Lucifer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So what does what does six six eight say? Oh. Oh, every now and again, you never know when you're going to hit the nerve with Emily. But there she goes. Oh, lovely! What Lucifer's name? Lucifer's name, yeah. Uh-huh. My flat has a name. It's called um, Aromo, which stands for a room of my own. Oh, how nice that is! Especially with Lucifer as a neighbour, you need a room of your own. <laughs> yeah, love the show. <laughs> Panic room. <laughs> Have a great weekend. That's from T C Peppercorn in the Jewelry Quarter oh. in Birmingham. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I see. What's your rent like? 
Uh, I mean, I've had no. It's quite. It's quite nice. The uh, that's a very good peppercorn rent. Thank joke you. Oh, I hadn't nice. got it. I I, nice. I apologise. I thought as a sort of Nicholas Van Hoogstraat <laughs> of the show, you might uh, relate to that. Frank. I don't get that either, Alan. <laughs> I think she's calling you a slum landlord. Oh, <laughs> I, see. I see. Blimey. I, I, I make Emily laugh. She makes Alan laugh. We, we're gonna, we will bring the audience in at some point <laughs> on this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I would like to discuss uh, a story I enjoyed this week with you, but before I do, can I just point out that Elu... Elu two four one zero. Oh yeah. Oh, sounds like one of uh, maybe Davros's children. He has sent us or she a wonderful image of a house name, um, enclosed with the caption: "There is a house just up the road from me called Ian." <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed by Ian. That That's is cool. Again, someone who's... Um, they've taken the road less travelled, comically, mm. on that one. Mm, enjoy it. Now, we've been talking about complaints this morning mm. with Steve Agrivovich mm. and the chicken nuggets. Mm. Mm-hmm. I came across something this week which intrigued me because it involved a, what one would have assumed would be a complaint, one would have anticipated a complaint, mm. but oh, how wrong you would have been... There was a character, I think I believe this went sort of viral on Twitter, this story. People enjoyed it so much. So someone posted up that they'd received a note from a neighbour saying, um, Dear neighbour, I live next door and I would like to discuss your music. Mm, so uh-oh. you get to that bit. How are you both feeling then, Frank and Alan? Well, I'm braced. <laughs> yeah, you'd think this is... In a, fact, I'm clenched. In <laughs> some areas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you what would you be thinking, Alan? It's not it's not going to be yeah, good. Is it? I, yeah, I would be. Um, I'd be worrying here. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he and you're correct. He David steeled himself. <laughs> then uh, did he David steal the former <laughs> Liberal leader himself, yes. or David steal the veteran batsman who was uh, brought into international cricket? I'll accept either. Okay, but. This note had a bit of a vault fast. Oh. He then said, the uh, the neighbour then said, number one, after saying I'd like to discuss your music, number one, turn it the expletive up. Okay. Mm. No, I'm not joking. You play good expletive. Okay. Number two, tell me what songs you're playing. I need that for my playlist. Okay. Number three, I'm not being ironic or anything. I really, really enjoy the music you've played since you moved in. Sincerely, Todd, the male part of the couple next door. Interesting introduction. Yeah. Send me mm-hmm. some well, well, songs. Who lives next door? Push me, pull you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, A centaur. Yeah. <laughs> he says. Um, no joke, good music. Now, isn't that quite a heartwarming story? It's interesting. It's I think I'm, in that note, I'm still thinking sarcasm, 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 <laughs> right up until no joke, good music. But he's, he's made the point that it's not sarcasm so often. Mm. I don't think it's sarcasm, is it? No, I don't think so. I remember um, living next to a guy and he played very loud Body Holly during the... Uh, the night oh. and I quite like 
Buddy Holly. Um, Did he but, ironically play That'll Be The Day during the night? Um, I, there is one called Early In The Morning by uh, <laughs> Buddy, Buddy Holly. Anyway, the next day I saw him and he said, um, he said, I'm, uh, I'm sorry uh, about the loud music last night. This would be about 9 o'clock, 9am I mm. saw him. Yeah. I said, oh, don't worry, I really like Body Holly. He said, okay. He said, no, I do feel bad about it. I'll tell you what, do you, do you, wanna, do you fancy a glass of vodka um, oh, with me? Vodka. And I remember at about midnight that night, he admitted that he'd anticipated I would say <laughs> no. <laughs> I quite like him. But, um, yeah, so we had a very uh, wild day. During which I remember I fell off a bus seat and into the aisle. Um, I want but, to know a bit more about this wild day. No, but that was that was an e- example of loud music that sort of led mm. to uh, a, you know a bit of a camaraderie. Yeah. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We were discussing this neighbour who received an unexpectedly, I'm going to say, generous response to his loud music from mm-hmm. his neighbour. I have experienced... I've got to be honest, I actually don't mind music. Oh, really? I can handle music. You mean next door, not just... It's not a general statement. (laughs) I think it was a review of music. Yeah, I was into music. I just tuned into music radio the other day and the presenter was saying they didn't mind music. I mean, I'd go so far as to say thank you for the music. Oh, what, for the songs I'm playing? thanks for all the joy you're bringing. Well, you could live without it. I ask in all honesty. Um... I what I mean is if there are if there is music being piped if there, if there are sounds coming through from mm. neighbours beats mm-hmm. <laughs> crashes bangs and thuds are my issue can't tolerate ah, those you from see neighbors. the trouble is that's essentially the music I listen to <laughs> right. I, I get, live next door to me you'd love it I get people come around and say sorry I had a man reading aloud during a train crash yes that, I was playing the four. <laughs> well, that is what my current neighbour sounds like. That's another story. I would say I had a neighbour who used to have a little burst of Mambo Number no. Five. Oh, a little bit of. Well, it would be, and it was late at night. Sometimes it would be like one or two in the morning, and I'd hear a little bit of Monica. <laughs> Same my song. Life. A wow. little bit. Yeah. And perhaps he was dating women on rotation. Or a, um, maybe it was a workout, sort of workout routine he did. Do you know, oh, I yeah. found it oddly cheering. I found it quite comforting. What sort of time are we talking about? about half one, sometimes two. Ooh, OK. But if someone's yeah. listening to a party song, it feels quite benign, Mambo Number no. 5. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me at you all. You didn't proceed it with the other four Mambos. <laughs> <laughs> he, went, he, cut, he cut to the chase. I believe David Baddiel once said to me, what I want to know is what happened to Mambos 1 through 4? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they must think, do you think they exist or is he just been... <laughs> I bet, I what, bet Louis some, Baker? Somewhere in Louis Baker's <laughs> notebook, there are Mambos, one, two, three and four. It'll be, it'll be like at the V&A Museum when they had the Ziggy played guitar written in pen in the notebook. Yeah, yeah you got you know, you got you got you need it. We all need a ramp. Maybe the names, Frank, were from an earlier period. You know, a little bit of ivy in my life. 
sort of old-fashioned names, Elsie. It's interesting. I um, I lived in a bedsit and there was a, a sculptor lived in one of the other um, rooms and he only had uh, two records they, and they were vinyl uh, and they were a uh, Blue Monday by New Order mm. and uh, Love Missile F1 1100 by Sieg Sieg Sputnik. <laughs> and he played them um, in rotation over and over and over and over. And I heard them so much that for me they became like breathing in and breathing out. I, I, I almost didn't hear them. I used to work in a factory... Um, and I, I worked in like a man in an office next to the main factory, and people would come in and say, "How do you how do you cope with that thumping all the time?" Because it was five ton hammers, mm. and I'd yeah. say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I don't really notice it." Occasionally, a, a, a you know a mold would fall off a shelf because it'd been edged to the end by the vibrations. Mm. In fact, I was talking to a bloke this week who said his mate lived next to a hospital. And several times he has been in the car. You know those people you see in a car and there's like a, a, a fire engine behind them with all the lights and they, they're not pulling over or anything. They're just driving along. Sometimes you get that... And I, once I heard a police van go... Get out of the way! There's like a speaker available. Get out of the way! And this bloke said he was that guy because he he just didn't hear the sirens anymore. He just he just oh, kept yeah. a police car once. I was on my way to a football match. It went, hey Frank, Frank, on the um, on the main loudspeaker from the police. Van. It's humiliating. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We were talking about this lovely note from the neighbour. Yeah. We're talking about music, weren't we, on Absolute Radio? Yeah, exactly. Well, to live without my music would be impossible to do, as John Miles once said. I, Frank, you I were... I feel slightly Sorry, different from you guys, because I, I can't honestly think of a time where I've ever heard a neighbour's or a passers-by music and thought, that sounds good. Most of the time, like headphones or a speaker on a train, to me is synonymous with awful music, isn't it? But you guys have got lucky, I guess, I think, with neighbours playing good stuff. Well, no, I think I'm comparing it to Crash Bang Wallop. It's what, infin- Tommy Steele? <laughs> it's infinitely <laughs> preferable because at least music is designed to be listened to. I can bear mm. it. Mm. I don't mind that because I once... it's... Go on. Go on. No, after Après Vous, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I once heard um, music whilst I was performing as a stand-up and it was at a music-y sort of festival thing and there was a distant tent where music started playing and it was Bombay Bicycle Club and I mm. said, oh, this is good. Why are you guys all here? And um, the whole audience got up and went. <laughs> to listen to Bombay oh, Bicycle Club. Yeah, you got to be careful. That's why we never mention what's on the radio during our slot <laughs> on a morning. I think it's yeah, a sensible... Tactical error. I um, reminded me of when I lived back in Old in my childhood, um, that, um, you know, I don't know if you know, but in our road there was council houses on our side and private houses on the other, and um, I think, as um, Kipling said, ne'er the twain shall meet. <laughs> And then um, 
one of the, the what we call the posh people, and that's all very relative. <laughs> I like to say the poshans. Yeah, stopped my mum in the street and said, look, this is none of my business, but I saw your neighbour walking out of your yard across into his yard with a shovel full of your coal. Um, I know this has a sort of a good King Wenceslas feel to it, this anecdote, but, um, yeah. And, and, we, and we discovered that that's what they were doing. They were stealing our coal for their own fire. Can you believe Is that? that? Was that, that the equivalent in your day of uh, stealing someone's Wi-Fi connection? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose it was. Yeah, it was quite a big, quite a big deal. My my dad had to go around and have. Um, I don't know if there were actually words. There might have been some was, words. I think there might have been spades. Hither and thither, but yeah. it was um, it was quite a big, um, quite a shocker. Oh, yeah. well, um, I'm glad they got theirs. As you said, it is it is uh, before before slightly out of date anecdote. Before we go, six eight two. When I was on the traffic police, we had a plane car fitted with a wolf whistle on the loudspeaker. Oh. <laughs> and then it is and a lady. And I thought my anecdote was out of date. Well, what I like is that Tuppence, Tuppence, one of our regulars, is very self-aware. She says, we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. A wolf whistle on the speaker. Oh, my goodness. Um, I could imagine you keep doing that on polling day. <laughs> And as ever, thank you so much for listening to us today. And again, I do genuinely um, thank Faye, who was... Um, st- I love to see ginger-haired people doing well. And, sorry, do you, do you accept ginger as a colour? I, because I have a ginger-haired son, I, I'm very keen to, to promote the G word. Um, um, as I've said before, I am to the gingers like Joanna Lomley was to the Gurkhas. <laughs> Um, I'm not actually one myself, but I push I push their cause. Um, so, yes, if the good law spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.